everyone. Welcome to the Turning Point CT podcast, a podcast by and for teens and young adults in Connecticut. My name is Ella and I'm joined by John and Serena who also work on the project. Today we're talking about our experience of generalized anxiety. So guys, how would you define anxiety? Hi everyone, this is Serena. Um, I know anxiety can come across in a lot of different ways depending on who you are, but I think anxiety can come across uh, mentally as well as you know, physical symptoms such as redness, um, difficulty breathing. Sometimes I get rashes on my chest area if I'm stressing out about something. And then mentally just feeling overwhelmed or, you know, inhibited from what you're trying to do because of what you're stressing out about. I guess for, for me, uh, um, the way my anxiety sort of uh, presents itself is uh, physical. And I see it more as a physical kind of experience, uh, you know, sweaty palms, all the telltale signs. That's actually really interesting. I'd never really thought about splitting it between the physical and mental side of it. Um, I think for me, I, I kind of experience a little bit of both. Um, I know that there's something wrong from the physical sensations that um, I'm experiencing, but there's a lot of like rapid racing like thoughts in my mind and um, I find it really hard to organize my thoughts because of that and um, generally I kind of get, it's, it's difficult to describe, but um, I almost have like tunnel vision where I feel like I can't really see everything in my range of vision and um, and it's just kind of like a general, like overwhelming feeling. Um, so that's, that's really interesting to hear how it affects both of you guys. And um, it is actually one of the um, most experienced mental illnesses, um, which means that um, probably more people than you think in your life do have some form of anxiety that they go through. Um, so I think it's definitely important that we, we remember to give each other a lot of um, empathy and respect for whatever they're going through, no matter what stage of it they are in. Um, I know for us three, we're, um, we're all people in recovery. I guess we kind of call ourselves that. So we may be further through this kind of story or path, um, but you know, everybody, everybody needs that help and respect for what they're experiencing. Right. And I think that's an important thing to highlight. Uh, everybody is at a different point in their recovery. Uh, and the fact that, you know, some people are not prepared to recover right away, that it, and that it's a process and it takes time to work things out in your head. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, I know a lot of the time anxiety stems from trauma so you know exactly like you said John we we work through things at our own pace and sometimes we're not ready to address the underlying root of our anxiety all we can really do is um, treat the symptoms of it. Yeah and I think you know right now with COVID-19 the pandemic's still going on people might be experiencing that in heightened ways so I think it's important whether or not you experience it yourself just to have extra sensitivity and try to understand better maybe where they're coming from because as you guys mentioned not everyone is you know to the point where they're talking about it or seeking help 
So by being that person who they just feel comfortable talking to is a great start, I think, to help them recover, deal with it better. Yeah, like the most therapeutic thing, I think, for anybody is that sense of connection, the sense of belonging, and that can really ease a lot of anxiety. Um, I know myself personally, I, I experience anxiety um, a lot in like social situations. So just knowing that I have somebody that's understanding in my life can, can really ease a lot of um, the tension and anxiety that I do feel. Um, so we're kind of talking a little bit about our stories, but I'd love to hear more from you guys about, you know, when it all began, what you're doing to help yourself now. And yeah. So I think for me, um, high school was probably the time where I started to feel um, more stress than usual and feelings of general anxiety, just because I was the type of person who always wanted to be involved in everything, um, from academics to a few different sports, musical, and a bunch of things to the point where it got really overwhelming at certain points. And to try to cope with that, the feelings of you know being overwhelmed and not being able to do everything all at once. I tried to over-organize everything in my life and would obsess over my planner and just making sure I would you know, plan everything to the hour sometimes, which can definitely help you stay on track, but at the same time, it completely controls your life and the way you're experiencing it because all you're thinking about is, what am I going to do next and am I going to be on time for this? Um, so moving from there, I think entering college made me realize that you know, you can't anticipate everything that's upcoming. You just have to do your best to, you know, live your life and fit in everything you have to and not piling too much on yourself. Um, and during the pandemic as well, me as well as others, I'm sure, experienced heightened senses of th these anxieties. And so I decided to take the step and reach out to therapy, which was actually provided in my counseling department on campus, which I'm super happy about. And just being able to express feelings I'm having when the anxieties are incurring really helps me. And my therapist was able to direct me on how to build coping strategies from there. For me, I have to take a step back from, you know, trying to plan and get on top of the anxiety with, you know, the rigorous scheduling and everything and kind of just acknowledge it and then take a break from it whether it's you know going for a run, listening to some music, just what are ways I can take a break out of my day to focus on how I'm doing you know, mentally and physically because that should be you know, most important at the end of the day. So I think for people who may be experiencing similar situations in high school or college where they really just wanna get so much stuff in and be the most successful they possibly can be, that's great motivation to have, but you have to also make sure you're taking care of yourself and in order to be your best self I think it's important to know that you have to you know be well mentally and physically so taking the time out of your day to make sure you're you know reaching that yeah I, I completely agree with that and I think I kind of I see self-care as um like personally I call it some kind of like mental wellness hygiene um, because we take care of ourselves so well physically, or we try to, and there's so much knowledge and information about how to do that, but there's, there's like a total gap in our knowledge about how to take care of ourselves mentally. 
so we can be mentally as well as as well as physical um and like you're saying taking those breaks checking in with yourself on a daily basis to see how you're feeling what you need from yourself ways in which that you can care for yourself and be gentle with yourself is there it's just so fundamental to treating whatever you're going through even if you don't have a diagnosis it's it's something that I think every single person can benefit from and I I wouldn't even exclude those that don't have like an actual diagnosis for mental illness and once you take care of that like kind of base fundamental layer of um wellness then you can start to address like maybe the deeper root causes for for why you're experiencing it maybe there's like trauma that you experienced that kind of um started it all off but you're in the best place to start doing that once you're actually taking care of yourself and you know the things that you need to do to do that for yourself because that looks different for everybody too what about you john yeah uh, one thing that i think uh, I'm going to reflect on what you said uh, about, you know, a diagnosis doesn't always necessarily reflect what's going going on down on the ground. It doesn't sum up everything. It can help guide treatment in certain ways, but it do- doesn't really, on a psychic level, represent the sort of difficulties you're going through. I guess in my own experience, um, I have been diagnosed with things. Um, I guess I always kind of felt like it didn't really accurately represent what I was experiencing. I mean, in when I was in middle school, I read a book about a group of kids who were out playing in a lake, and one of the kids slips and pushes two of his friends accidentally downstream and they they die and that sort of book made me have this have this realization that i i'm responsible this sort of i'm responsible for the life and death of others and it was sort of this horrifying realization when you're so young and it makes you feel like you're responsible for everything and terms of anxiety it comes from this sort of hyper arousal and oftentimes we do see that start um at the onset of puberty yeah i totally hear that um it's it's crazy how such a small thing can kind of trigger this this line of thinking that still influences the way that we think now and it stems just from a single instance i think I, I obviously, since I'm on this podcast, I think that mental health is very interesting. So this is this is definitely where my passion lies. But I think the anxiety that we we experience definitely like stems from something that we've been telling ourselves or that we do tell ourselves. Maybe it comes from our childhood. Maybe it comes from somewhere else. But I think a lot of, at least from my personal experience, a lot of the anxiety that I experience has been just based in the self-talk that I practice. Um, and I didn't realize for the longest time that I had power over that. And um, I could kind of tell myself to shut up in some instances. 
Um, and that for me was a really big turning point um, because I've been struggling with anxiety. I can kind of point to it throughout my entire life. It kind of showed up as shyness as a kid, but um, I was kind of constantly overwhelmed by, by things, um, especially like social things, but um, stemming back all throughout my childhood. I've been a major perfectionist and that's something that was given to me so kindly by my parents who are also perfectionists. So um, it was, it's a little genetic and environmental there, but um, I, I think that inherently stems from a place of trying to overcompensate for some perceived area of lacking and I think that that is just kind of a blanket statement for how I've kind of gone through my life. Cause like you, Serena, I've, I've kind of gone overboard in some areas, just trying to be the best I can be, which is like you said, a great motivator, but it's not a good bar to set for ourselves because there's no reason that we should, we should hold ourselves to such a high standard, such a high exacting unforgiving standard over everybody else, you know, um, we're trying to do our best just like, you know, most people are and, um, and that should really be enough. And it's these little like reframes that have really helped me in my recovery. Um, and right at the beginning of when I was starting to get treatment for this, um, my therapist at the time had said, um, a phrase that really stuck with me, which is, would you talk to a three-year-old the way that you talk to yourself or that doesn't work for some people. So would you talk to your best friend the way that you talk to yourself? And the answer is no. Um, even to this day, when I, when I'm conscious of the thoughts that go through my head, I, I still will initially think the worst of myself and think that, that I should be doing better than, than I really am. Um, which when you're constantly hearing that kind of internal monologue, it really sets the stage for um, dissatisfaction and um, not realizing the things that you do have going for you. So kind of turning it from a self-talk of insufficiency to gratitude has definitely helped a lot for me. But, you know, it, it didn't, it wasn't like a fix an automatic fix to um to come to that realization but it's definitely a stepping stone to get to a point where I feel a lot more in control of my anxiety now for you guys what were some of the things that you kind of failed at trying to overcome your anxiety with um I would say kind of like as I mentioned with the over planning like you experienced as well because I thought that if I got ahead of it then it wouldn't you know, bother me as much, but in reality, it just made it even more heightened, especially, um, as I mentioned, I think in other posts, I am involved in pageantry, and I remember going into weekend events where even though I knew it wasn't, you know, the end of the world, if I didn't perform as well as I wanted to, I would still just start getting those reactions, like feel physically sick and, you know, have the rashes start and be just overwhelmed mentally where it ended up sabotaging, you know, my overall experience of that. 
and no matter how much practice or prep I went into beforehand, it didn't seem to help. So then I realized it was more of that mentality going on that I had. And in order to fix that, instead of kind of appealing to the anxieties and letting it control my life, I had to try to find alternate ways that would help me relax more and realize that, you know, my best is enough and it's okay if not everything goes my way. I think one thing I want to highlight in what you said is that it's a physical thing, you know, it very often comes with these physical symptoms. I don't know if any of you guys have experience with panic attacks, but um, basically what happens is that your, your body is overreact, is hyper stimulated and your body is overreacting and your heart's beating really fast and you can't breathe and it feels like you're going to die basically and you think you're going to die but you're in no real danger of actually dying i don't know it's it's a bizarre thing to explain um but i just want to highlight that it's just uh, that it is a very physical thing yeah it definitely is and and that shows up in different ways for different people i i guess what i I kind of have gained even just recently um, is like the the pushback to wanting to um, address the anxiety or whatever the physical symptoms I'm going through are because in that in itself is like shedding some judgment on those feelings that I'm going through. They're obviously uncomfortable and I would like to stop feeling like that as soon as possible but the, the inclination to immediately address the problem just reasserts that there is a problem that needs to be addressed. So I think that learning to kind of, like Serena was saying, accept what is happening and acknowledge it can be a really empowering thing to do because all of a sudden you're not the one that is, that is constantly being controlled by the anxiety. Um, the anxiety, you know, requires you to immediately do some coping strategies to calm down, but you, you can be the one in control. And that, that message itself can be really therapeutic for anybody going through it. Um, and it, it, it's not to say that you immediately start to feel better from it, but that over time can, can really start to heal the way you, you view yourself and the way you view the effect that your mental health and mental illness has on you. Um, I know that I'm definitely starting to get to the point where I can detach myself from whatever diagnosis I've had in the past and just acknowledge myself as a person that was struggling. Um, I've, I've experienced, to me, what I see as trauma. Um, it might not be as big T trauma as other people, but is significant in my life. Um, but that doesn't mean that I have to be kind of this prisoner to, to these thought process, processes that are established in my brain from all that time ago. Um, I guess to go into a little bit, I um, felt like I didn't necessarily get the emotional nurturing that I needed to when I was little. And I, I had a, a happy childhood on the whole. You know, I had really good parents and a family that loved me. Um, 
but for some reason there were critical moments in which I didn't get the kind of nurturing that I felt that I needed and that's kind of just snowballed into this lifelong struggle of feeling like I don't belong like people are better off without me and um I just have to kind of laugh at myself a little bit because you know there's really nothing in my life other than those like small moments where my develop where where I was developing that have actually pointed me to thinking that you know there aren't a bunch of outside factors that constantly tell me that those things are true it's it's more this self-talk that validates itself over time and it becomes a story that you believe yeah kind of like what I was saying before but acknowledging that I don't have to be a prisoner to that way of thinking anymore is has been pretty transformational for me yeah and I think um as you mentioned it's definitely something that doesn't just heal overnight and you know someone who struggles with anxiety regularly it's going to be something that comes up even if it's every now and then, if it's something they've struggled with for a long time. But I think those moments when you're able to take a moment to step back and reflect on what you're feeling in order to better handle it and move forward so that the next time around, it's not as stressful or it doesn't hurt you as much. Um, I think baby steps are really important in this process. Yeah, they really are. And I mean, like even... I think last week I had a panic attack for the first time in a while. And um, my first thought was like, oh, no, I'm going backwards. I, I've made all this progress and now I'm back to the, the beginning again. And I'm going to have to go through all this work. But, you know, the work doesn't go away even if your body reacts to something in a certain way. It's It's just a matter of taking it in your stride, honestly, because... I knew the the things that would I could do to help myself get through that moment. And for me, that looked like um, a breathing technique called the box um, method. So that's when you breathe in for four seconds, hold for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds, and then hold for four seconds again. And for me, that works great because I bring my attention back to the present moment. Um, I begin to be mindful and... Um, that allows me to start to be a little bit more objective about what I'm going through. Um, in this situation, it was because I had a lot of cleaning to do. So, you know, it wasn't life or death, but knowing what works for you and clinging onto those moments rather than, um, I guess, kind of fawning at the first sight of it happening again and letting yourself believe that your progress has been for nothing um, is is going to be more harmful and um I guess yeah I guess all I'm trying to say is hold on to the progress you have made and um even in those moments you can create like a kind of crisis to-do list for yourself like have I done these things that I know kind of help me get through the moment um and get to the other side of it because you know in those panic attacks or anxiety attacks that's all you can really do is just help yourself get through the crisis and then you do all the kind of mental hygiene or self-care to to help it not happen again what would you guys tell somebody that was struggling right now or kind of like how if a person isn't struggling right now what could they tell a friend how could how can we support each other through this i would say to find someone or something in your life that helps you relax or someone who you can talk to 
just to vent, I guess, because I think something really beneficial is just having that friend or person in your life who you trust and know you can come to about everything. And, you know, having that strong relationship gives you more confidence moving forward to be able to handle those, you know, periods when you might have a panic attack or be struggling with your anxiety, knowing that someone understands you and is there for you if you need anything and having that little extra, I guess, you know, security blanket almost of someone else understands, I think, you know, is what motivates you to be able to handle it better. I think uh, one thing for me is dealing with a problem head on and exposing yourself to the right situations where you're, you're engaging with the anxiety instead of avoiding it. Uh, that's really the biggest thing, uh, I think, for me. And I, I, I would hope that would be helpful for other people, too. Definitely. I you have to come from a point where you feel I guess like we said at the beginning like we feel strong enough to to engage with it because it is scary and you do feel like you're dying sometimes and um there are some days where you you won't feel strong enough to to do that but um having having kind of the things set up in your life to to help you through those moments where you don't feel strong enough to get through alone can be really helpful. Um, but overall, a lot of healing does come from that kind of exposure to it. And, um, and like you said, engaging with it. I love that phrase to, to kind of conquer it eventually. And um, there's just every day is an opportunity for growth and, healing to happen and we just have to to come with it from that mindset that we can be stronger than it and it it will take time but you know there is hope at the end of the tunnel and I know it's, it's so important in this time especially like during COVID and stuff where it having that connection with somebody else that you trust um, whether it be a friend coach parent whatever it looks like um, can be really life-saving to to have somebody to talk to and um to to not feel so alone in what you're going through so i guess things to take away from that is you know kind of develop develop a plan that works for you um for when you are in a crisis situation and try and sit with the anxiety um to to kind of rationalize it and work through it in the moment and have somebody to be your buddy through all of this because you need that anyway so um make sure that you you don't try and do this all on your own because um there are so many people out there that are waiting to support and help you um so i just want to thank you guys so much um john and Sabrina, for sharing your experiences and for being a part of the conversation today to all of our listeners, if you enjoyed the podcast, make sure you subscribe and follow us at Turning Point CT on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts for more content made by and for young adults and teens in Connecticut who are seeking mental wellness. Also, don't forget to check out our website and online community space at turningpointct.org um, for more mental wellness resources. Have a good day, everybody. Free online mental health support. Turning.